I'm Stacy Mitchell, and you're listening to Something Even Better, a podcast about letting go of old dreams and what's not working so you can make room for something even better, where we explore the many unexpected twists we all go through to find our way to more aligned and meaningful work and lives. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Something Even Better. I am so excited to have someone joining me on the podcast today to talk about something near and dear to my heart, which is all about the high-achieving multi-passionates. I can't wait to dig into it more. Jessica Tudos is here with us today. She helps fellow high-achieving multi-passionates organize and declutter physically and mentally in order to be more focused, productive, and creative at home and at work. As an Olympian, which turned entrepreneur, life design coach, and organizer, Jessica helps creative portfolioists bring their ideas, projects, and passions to life. Welcome, Jessica. So excited to have you. Yes, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. So I know you're multi-passionate. Tell me a little bit about what work and life looks like for you. Yeah, it's good that you say it that way, because it could be like, well, today is Saturday. So today or whatever day of the week it is, right? Um, With being multi-passionate, there's many projects, many passions, many, many jobs on the go, often simultaneously. So for me, currently, uh, wearing many hats, I do the life design and organizing. So I coach people on how to how to manage all that stuff, whether it's like physically in your space or mentally, all, all the things, right, that distract us and slow us down and, 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 yeah, don't allow us to get to where we need to be going. I speak uh, to groups about this. I do co-decluttering groups. So we we gather people in community to actually do the work. It's all about taking action. I love that. I am an educator and that's been my that's the through line of my career path. If I had to pick one, I am trained in experiential education. So I currently teach first semester students. I teach them communication skills and study skills and, and like how to make it in college, how, how to do it right. So it's uh, it's really great. And as a creative, as a, that's the fun part. I'm working on a follow-up book. I wrote a children's book called Kika, the Upside Down Girl. So I'm following up with a adult version, what happens to Kika, and also um, and making some art. I do a collage and my work will be in an upcoming online show. So that's that's new and exciting. And I'm a mom and a partner to a very active uh, 12-year-old hockey kid. I'm in Canada. I'm in Toronto. So hockey's a big deal here. So those are some of them. <laughs> Ask me next so month. Yeah, I love this so much because I think like so many multi-passionate people out there are going, it's not just me. <laughs> it's not just me who has all these projects going. Exactly. It's not just me who has all these interests. And I love that you really brought it back to that through line. And I didn't realize that you were teaching first year college students. I got mm-hmm. my start in like student affairs and higher ed. So I was like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. And first year college students need that. So I'm, I'm so glad to hear that as well. I yeah. love it. I love all of it. Super exciting. Well, let's dig in because I know we have a lot to talk about when it comes to your something even better story. So as we all know, the podcast is about letting go of old dreams and what's not working to make that room for something even better. So got to get into it. What did your something even better end up being and what did you have to let go of in the process of getting there? Oh, such a good question. I love this question. And 
I think what, what I've been able to create, and I use the word create intentionally because it is a creation and it's fluid and it's ever evolving, but creating this portfolio life, if you imagine a portfolio of, let's say an art portfolio, you open it up and there's all these creative works inside. I mean, that's what, that's, that's what our life is about. You know, if we, if we, think of it that way. So being able to live this way and create this portfolio life that's allowed me freedom, freedom to choose, freedom to give, freedom, flexibility, which I love, <laughs> and variety. Those those are really the outcomes of choosing to have a portfolio, a multi-passionate portfolio life. And in that I'm inspiring, whether it's first year college students or, you know, busy go-getters that are really ambitious, but have so much on the go. They're, they're, they've got clutter, um, like whatever it is or whoever is at that moment where they're feeling a bit overwhelmed, I can inspire them to, to keep going. I mean, this is my mission is to say, yeah, it's doable. Is it always easy? No, but it's worth it if that's who you are, and that's what brings you joy and fulfillment. The second part of your question, wow, this, that's a big one. What, what to give up? What to give up? Lots of ideas and expectations. I grew up in a middle-class family. My parents were both immigrants to Canada. And so they really worked hard to, for my sister and I to sort of, um, what's the word, like adapt to Canadian culture. And so, you know, as I pursued this sort of unconventional life of finding projects and jobs and contracts and, you know, all over the world. And, and they're like, what, like, aren't you going to get a, a, like a real job <laughs> and do one thing. And I fought that for years because I thought I had to do that. I thought that's sort of what we're socialized to do and to strive for. And so giving that up was not easy because that pressure is there, but I often felt like, it's the, what is it like the square peg in the round hole? Like how many times are you going to try to fit in and realize, you know what, this doesn't really sit right, feel right, doesn't last. And so I came up against that, especially in my earlier, you know, twenties and that sort of feeling like I needed to find that. So giving that up and also giving up the idea that if it's not that one thing, like if you're not having the one career, like somehow there's going to be this magic other answer and someone's going to show you the way and, and kind of give it to you. And that doesn't exist. Like you have to go create it. And that was, you know, really um, a challenge. And, and I had to find creative ways to do that and to figure out <laughs> how to be this multi-passionate portfolios, portfolioist. Sometimes that's a mouthful. And make a living and, you know, actually make some money doing it because people often ask me that, like, how do you make, you know, how do you stay consistent with, with things? So maybe that's a different question. Yeah. So yeah, those are actually, some of the I'm things. Like, that's a really good question. But I think, yeah, I think you've brought up so much good stuff here. And it's interesting because I was just having a conversation with someone this week and they said something like about a rule, like a career rule, which was like, well, you, you know, the rule is like, you should really stay in a job for three years. Like that's what looks good and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, well, well hold on. <laughs> but we do have all of these rules. That's just one tiny little rule and idea about like, this is what your career path is supposed to look like. And the idea of just like, you find the one thing, which 
honestly, talking about like going back to student affairs and students, like I was a career coach. I was a career counselor for university students. And I think that idea of like, there's one thing, it's probably like the, the thing that brings the most anxiety for college students. Cause it's like, you got to choose your path and you're going to stick on this path. That's how you're going to be successful. Choose your one thing. Oh, a lot of people don't fit into that. A lot of people don't fit into that mold, but we don't, as you were saying, like have this clear roadmap on how to be multi-passionate because there's, it just doesn't exist. Like it's just, you got to create your own portfolio as you were saying. I right. love this. Right. And and I think, I believe that there would, okay, so if it's not this, and I'm sort of feeling like there's not this one thing. Okay, fine. I'm, I'm slowly accepting that and realizing that. So then where's the other path? Like, where's that, where does that go? Or how do I find that? And where are other people doing it? And eventually I did find them, but it's not the standard. It's not, again, I use the word conventional perhaps, or common, or, you know, these kinds of things you have to really be determined. (laughs) So that's one thing about a, a skill that, you know, to be curious, to find those connections you know, to these opportunities. So I think those are all things that, you know, without that, it becomes very difficult and you can start to give in to the, you know, oh, you're all over the place. And wow, it's like a flaky career path. Like, what is this different job every six months? Like, what what kind of commitment do you make? And, and you, you can start judging yourself about that and feeling bad about your choices. And that's, yeah. uh, that's not helpful, is it? So how did, Not helpful, you know, what's yeah. the alternative? Absolutely. Yeah. And that compare, comparing yourself to other people can be such a hard thing too, of like, oh, well, and I think we're not even getting into sort of the capitalism, I think that's involved in like loyalty to a company and uh, yeah, you know, all the things, which we won't get super deep into <laughs> that. We could have an entire podcast about that, mm-hmm. but um, I'd love to go back to something you mentioned, because I think this is such a common question um, the consistent income, like consistently supporting yourself, whatever that looks like, how have you been able to sort of work through that and make it work for you? Right, right. Yeah, that is a really common question that most people have. And I would say that, again, it's fluid. It is not one thing. It is not one spreadsheet that you just check off the list and say, okay, this is, I need to have this much this month and this much. And it is not that clear cut, at least for someone like me with a creative approach to living. So I, for myself, teaching has been a permanent, like a permanent part-time income. And, and for me, that feels really good. I, I like teaching, so it works. And I like, I love being in the education system because it, it feels fresh. It feels innovative. It, you know, so I, I pull from that. I get energy from that. The entrepreneurial side of, of my business and, and how I put my energy there, you know, that fluctuates but I am, I'm someone who's driven by a challenge. I'm really like, put it out there. Like, okay, this is, it's not always a number. I don't shoot for a number. It's more a feeling of fulfillment and satisfaction that I've, I'm doing a good job and I'm being compensated for it. And so, you know, finding ways to, to create those opportunities. I think I said that before creating opportunities for income to come, you know, I, I love call it networking, connecting, what like, partnerships, this idea that you can work with others and together you're, you can build something new and it's not applying for the job on the online site. Like that is, I think I've gotten, I don't even think I've gotten one job that way. 
I counted up my jobs because I was really curious. So I've had over 65 jobs and counting. And I could say, I don't think I've gotten them like by applying online, maybe one or two. So all the rest of them are about making connections and taking a risk and reaching out. So for all the ones that worked, there are many that have not worked. (laughs) So I would say that's a skill, right? To, To be fearless in that when you when you're clear that, okay, I'm looking for, for an opportunity to, to be able to share my, my talents and my skills. And could you be that person or could your organization, or would you be interested? Yeah. There's a lot of that. And that does bring income (laughs) surprisingly. (laughs) So that's, that's one way I've been doing it. I will say, I will just add one more thing. There are times when I've taken a job for the money because I just had to, didn't feel great, but it was short-term or I I saw it for what it was. And I think it's okay Uh as long as we're in the right headspace about it. And it, yeah, it can be a means to an end. I I think sometimes that is required. I don't think that- I I 100% agree. Yeah, doesn't steer the ship that I don't think that's good, but it can be part of the, the portfolio, part of the portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. It's like for this amount of time, I'm going to do this work. I know it's not like the end all be all of my life. And you sort of compartmentalize it of like this, this takes up this amount of hours. This is where I'm getting this income from, but it's not like the bigger piece of my identity or anything else. I, I love that. And I also think just really pointing out that you sort of have a foundation of something that you love that is consistent. It's like, it's part time. You enjoy doing it. And then you get to build on that foundation, the other income that comes in. And as you were sort of saying, like you, you get creative, which you like doing right. And create these partnerships and these relationships that allow you to, to do the things that you love and get paid for it, which is like the best thing ever. And this is not a question in the list. So, but it came up as we were sort of talking. Uh-oh. <laughs> what? So be prepared. But I'm curious, like, what are your thoughts? Because I hear it a lot in the um, online business world of like, you choose your one thing, you choose your niche, riches are in the niches. Like, I mean, it's just all over, right? Of like, you got to be really niched in and you offer one service and you do one thing really well. And that's how you make a lot of money. Tell me how you feel about that. (laughs) Biggest struggle ever. I mean, for it's someone so like me yeah. who doesn't think that way in my own life, it is very hard to set up a business in that way. And I think, so just a little bit about sort of where in the last few years, uh, pandemic driven, you know, I was doing this, the, the teaching had been in person, it went online. So that was a relatively uh, easy transition, I would say. With the decluttering and that kind of work, I mean, I was in people's homes and that wasn't happening. So I went online, you know, switched to online and and kind of thought that, oh, online business, here we go. I'm, that's what I'm going to do now. And, and went out and did all the things, all the workshops and the following the Amy Porterfields and all those people, right? All the people out there. And they're wonderful. They have lots of great things. But what I realized is the structure and the way in which I was seeing it was not feeling in alignment with who I am and, and what I what I'd like to be doing. And there was not one niche. I, I just could, I can't even do one thing. Like, <laughs> so it has taken me and I'm in, I'll be honest, I'm in that process and, and it is fluid 
about determining, okay, right now, where's, where's my energy at? Where, like, where can I focus? And what I realized, and I think maybe other people realize this as they go into entrepreneurship is like, you often are drawn to the, like people like you, right? You're, I feel like I'm on that path and I've, I've lived years of it. So perhaps I'm further ahead than let's say someone who's starting out and questioning their portfolio tendencies and, you know, they're not sure. And and so, yeah, I can help people. Like, here's, here's what I've learned, but to find like one, you know, one group only it's hard. But when I think about it as I'm helping people with certain characteristics, then I feel like there's freedom and there's, there's space in there for that. And so, yeah, I find I work really well with busy, high achieving people who have a lot on the go. They don't want to give everything up. They, they, they want to learn how to manage it and learn how to prioritize and learn how to not be so distracted, just like me. (laughs) Right. So I have, now I have some strategies and, and experience doing it just like the students, right? The students want to find a way to to get through college and do it well and, and find their, yeah. their next thing. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you answering. I was just curious. Cause I know that's something that so mm. many people struggle with. Oh yeah. So I want to know, cause I getting back to our list of questions, <laughs> was there a specific turning point for you in all of this, you know, yeah. deciding like, okay, yeah. I can't, I, one thing is not going to work for me, you know, where was that? Where were those, those turning points for you? Uh, where you oh. knew like there had to be a different way? Yeah. I mean, at first, like when I hear that question, I think it's continuous turning points. Like, like it's ongoing, right? Yes, there were some major ones. There have been some major ones where I really had to choose. But it's not this idea that like once the choice was made, Oh, everything's fine now. It's all good. Yeah. It, no, it it continuously comes up like it bumps up against me and <laughs> all the time, right? So you have to lean into okay, trust, trust, because the last time this happened, you're okay. You're stay the course, stay the course. But a few of them that I might point out. I mean, in work sense, you know, I was in this university. I am in the university environment, and it became an option. You know, what if I keep going? Like get a PhD and become a full-time faculty professor, like great lifestyle, right? Like awesome. And every time I had the application, like three different times, I started filling it out. And I was like, "Mm, no, can't choose. Like, what am I going to research? Like, I can't pick one thing to research. I I would change my mind all the time. Like, how would I ever do this? (laughs) I would start and not finish. And I was like, okay, that there's my answer. And so that, that was a big one where I was like, this is not going to happen. I think we haven't talked about this, but I have an interesting part of my background. I was an Olympic gymnast in my youth. Right. So I was a very young elite athlete. Uh, gymnastics is for young people, young, young kids start. Right. And so I went yeah. to the Olympics when I was 15. So I was a young, you know, teenager. Yeah. Really young. And the opportunity to, after that positive felt great. I was so proud. And we were, I worked my ass off to get there, but it was like, are you going to go to the next Olympics? Like this is like in four years, if you keep it up, maybe you, you know, go again. And, and same kind of thing. I was like, Oh man, I could, but 
I don't think so. Like, cause I want to go to university and I, and I want to, you know, have a social life and I want to and all these things. Yeah. So I stayed in a few years, but I really, that was a big decision of not following that path after having this success, you know? So, oh, there's so many examples in my personal life too. I, yeah. uh, I had a, a child on my own at 40, 41, actually, when I had him, because I, I wasn't in a relationship that would support motherhood at that time. And, and, you know, and now I am, so it was kind of backwards <laughs> and, but it like, worked. Yeah. But that moment of, of like the turning point where you really yeah. have to dig deep. And yeah, trust. you really do. And, and it's not, as you were saying, I love that you said it's never once right? It's, it's sort of over and over again, sort of the decision-making process of trusting your gut and going with feelings and figuring out what you really want versus like sort of feeling pushed into the shoulds of like, well, come this far. Like I could easily see a 15 year old being like, well, you know, four more years, you know, that's fine. But it's four more years of being dedicated to to that one thing and not being able to experience other things. And yeah, I, I love those, those little stories and those little takeaways, because I think each one showcases a different aspect of life, but also like really listening to yourself, which I think sometimes can be the hardest part of like listening to yourself versus listening to all the other voices around you that may be telling you like, don't give this up. Like, yeah. cause I could see that being yeah. something too. Totally. Sure. This great stable life with a great, like good income, great lifestyle. Like what is your problem? <laughs> you know, that, right. that's the internal voice starting to, to go there. How will you do it? Uh, Yeah. 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 It's like, do you have this A to Z plan for what? It's like, those don't exist for anything. Even if you stay in your own job, you don't really have that level of like the job you paid or whatever it may be, whatever lifestyle it is that you feel stuck in. Like that's never a sure thing, but yet we somehow end up convincing ourselves that it is, which is really interesting. Really interesting. So I would love to know, what do you think most people get wrong about creating their most meaningful work in lives? Hmm. What do most people get wrong? I think there's this thought that, that there is this blueprint out there for us to find. And if, if we take a few more courses or credential up or, join this other group or do this other thing, you know, that we'll find it somehow. And my belief and my experience shows that we're creating it all the time. I mean, it is nice to lean in and, and enjoy part of the creation and slow down at times, which is not easy for those of us who have this kind of, you know, uh, the, what's the word I want to use? Like, like just a, drive, drive to like the curiosity is just so intense. I'm like, I just got to try that. Like, this is an opportunity. Like the, the FOMO, the fear of missing out on the opportunity is big, Uh is really big. So I think what do most people miss is or wrong. It, it is possible to do it. um, But without support or without understanding from yourself and and likely other people, it's really lonely and it's really hard to do alone. And that's what I, that's, I struggle with that, you know, for, for a long time coming up against that. Like, I feel like a lone wolf here. Like, where, where are my people? (laughs) And then once I found my people had to, had to look, then you feel like, 
like you said before, you, you, you're not the only one. I think you said right at the beginning. So then you feel part, you, you belong to something. And I think we all as humans, you know, we're, we're, we need that. We, we benefit from that. Yeah, we there. Um, I love that because I do think that community aspect and just having examples sort of, as you were saying, like looking for those examples of people who have done it and making those connections with people who have done it and, you know, seeing that it is, it is just as legitimate a path as like the person who does the, the one thing, right. Their entire lives. And it's, I think we just need to see that, right. We need to see like the examples of what's possible out there. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So I agree with you there. Well, and I I don't know about you, but I always felt like those people, you you probably know them that in high school, like I'm going to be a lawyer and that's it. And I, or a doctor or, or whatever, like a ballet dancer, like it doesn't have to be such high performing thing, but they seem like so clear and so Mm -hmm. focused on, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to be like my cousin, like police officer from, from when he was 12 and he's been a police officer his whole career. I was kind of jealous, you know, or envious of the people for a long time. It's like, how did you get that clear? Like, where does, I never had that. I don't think Uh I I realized I will never have that. (laughs) So once I accepted that and just realized, no, that is, that is not something to strive for because it's a bit painful when you don't get it and the expectation falls short and then you can start to question and, and, you know, all of those things start happening. So, uh, so Yeah. yeah. I love, I love the way that you sort of put that where it's interesting. I, I actually know those people too, that were like, this is what I'm going to do. They went, they did it. That's what they do. And it's like, wow. And I was not that kind of student. That's actually what, what drove me to be a career counselor was like, I did not know what I wanted to do, which is kind of funny. Like I went to be a career counselor because I didn't know what I wanted to do. <laughs> well, you work kind of or you teach what you most need, right? I mean, isn't that you the, <laughs> yeah, you teach what you most need. I was like, I don't what know you most what need I to learn. And a lot of things like, I'm sure you've heard and you've read like a lot of jobs didn't exist even just five years ago that now exist. And there will be jobs that don't exist now that exist in two years, right? Like things are growing so exponentially that we can't even possibly be like, oh, I'm going to graduate high school. I'm going to go to college for this very specific thing that doesn't exist, right? Yeah. So it's, it's just kind of funny. Um, I think right. that is like sort of the thing that we get the most wrong about all of this is like that, that you can plan perfectly for what you want, because I will also say having been a career coach, not just for college students, but for, you know, adults is that some of those poor high schoolers that chose and went hard and, and did the thing are now like, Oh, I did not slow down. And really think about what this was going to mean and like what the work would be like and what my lifestyle would be like. And, and I think that just makes me like, it makes me very sad because, you know, it, it is the conditioning that we have of like, go after the high position thing, go after the high achieving thing um, that everyone tells you to do. And then, oh, why didn't I slow down and listen or like really yeah. take into account like what I wanted, which is, which is hard. Yeah. Comes at a high price sometimes, right? It does. Personal freedom, your health, your well-being, like all of those things can, can suffer when you've been sort of, yeah, conditioned to go in that direction so hard. Absolutely. Speaking of like the hard things, what has been really hard for you about this journey? What's been the hardest part, if you had to say? Hmm. 
I think I think I mentioned about going feeling so low in the effort uh, many times and and not having this sense of like a path, right? And and sometimes it's tiring to forge your own as much as I enjoy that and it's like it can be energizing, it can also be draining. So it's so finding that balance between going after something and letting something happen, you know, the, the patience, yeah. <laughs> yeah, patience is, it's a bit tough. I wouldn't say that's my strongest quality. I mean, that's something to work on. That's something that I'm yeah. constantly in paying attention to, because I found too, if you force too hard or push too hard, that, that doesn't work either. I mean, that's just not, right. that's not healthy. So this, that that's, I would say a hard part of it. Um, I think when you, how would I say this? When you realize that your life isn't sort of going this more conventional path and then you're, you know, are you in this category then of non-conventional? Like, am I like up against everything? Am I going to battle everything? No, I sort of have one foot in the, I'm in an institution. I get a regular paycheck. I'm okay. And then my other foot or, you know, I'm like split. I think that's what it sometimes feels like this split personality, which can be a strength, but sometimes also it's confusing because it's like, oh, this entrepreneurial, creative, making art, doing this, forging my own path. But then I'm like, oh, but I really want the stable paycheck of an institution where I just know exactly what to do and have more structure. So sometimes it's like a dueling, you know, identity. I think it maybe does come down to identity and how does that you know, how, how do you think of yourself in that way? And that has eased up as I mature. And as I get older, you know, I think that you, you, you know, step into that more fully as you experience life. Um, So that, that has been a bonus that has been a, that feels really good. (laughs) Yeah. It hasn't always felt like that. Yeah. And I almost see the two things that you gave kind of working together because the patience piece you know, that comes with sort of the, is this going to work out, right? Is this like path that I'm choosing going to work out and I have to wait and maybe, and even maybe I can't do all the things I want to do all at once, right? Which is something I have to tell myself all the time. It's like, there's a lot of things I want to do in this life. I can't do them all tomorrow. (laughs) So I do have to continuously sort of force myself to slow down, which I love you, like kind of hearing someone be like, patience is probably not my strongest thing. And (laughs) same for me, right? And it's the patience with myself in the sense of like, I want to do all of the things that I want to do. I can't do them all tomorrow. But the identity piece of like, okay, I'm going to follow this little bit unconventional path, but also have the stability. What, What is it that I really do? I don't know how to describe myself to people, which I think is really, really hard sometimes too. Um, I can't even tell people what I do when they ask me like, what's your job? And I'm like, Oh, I have the weirdest full-time job ever to explain to people. Like I coach online entrepreneurs and they're like, what? Yeah. Oh my God. The the, like, what do you do? I wrote a whole blog post about this because it was like, so like, what do you do? Uh, so Uh, my answer now is, well, every day is different. So this week, this week or today I did, I do this, but tomorrow it's going to be, and that answer just like yeah. it took the pressure off. Cause it's not like I have to find one thing, but every time you send in a bio for whatever thing, or, you know, it's like, or introduce yourself. It's like people, we kind of, it makes us, uh, how, how would I say this? Like 
it's out there for the, like, you need a bio, like, who are you? Tell us. Right. And it, right. it, it oh, it just brings it up all the quickly. time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause you want to got 30 seconds to condense everything. And you're like, ah, oh, what? <sighs> I know it's too little time. Yeah. 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 So getting at the core though, I think that's what I've, you know, attempted to do over, over the years when, because that has been a stress, a stressor is okay. So what's the through line then what's the through line. And I keep kind of coming back to that. What's the through line. And I think for me, for myself, the experiential educator in me is, is that's what's driving it. And, and the curiosity the, the creative approach and the connection, like those three seem to like, those are consistent. So that's a lot of C yeah. words. Yeah. Oh, that's and I then here's another C word. You get confident <laughs> with that Ooh, yes. approach. And then the confidence allows you to, to settle down a bit <laughs> or not settle down. That's not the right word, but to be more patient and to let things evolve and to not do everything all at once because then nothing really gets done at a level that feels, you know, good. Yeah. Yeah. Trust. Yeah. The confidence brings that trust that like, it's going to come just not all at once, (laughs) which is, which is hard for some folks like me to, to uh, sometimes manage, but you, you start to believe in it more and more. I think as you get, as you get further and further into the journey, for sure. Um, Speaking of sort of like getting into the journey and everything else, like if, you had someone in front of you right now who's really struggling with all of their interests and sort of making it all work and they feel disorganized and they feel sort of like a little bit all over the place. What would you say to them? Nothing's wrong with you. It's, it it is not, you know, our society is set up in certain ways where there are common paths that that are out there for people to sort of pursue. And when you don't feel aligned with that, it, it, it is difficult and is challenging. And so, you know, in the world of organizing and, and just to use that example, decluttering, organizing, often, you know, people are like, I'm no good at this. I, I, I'm not, you know, I just have never been organized. And I would just say, you just haven't found the right way to do it for your lifestyle and your personality. It's not about doing it wrong. It's just finding ways to do it right. And sometimes that's why having someone like me who can step back and see it from like big picture, that's like, oh, you you have what it is. Like you've got the tools. It's okay. You're fine. But it is about clarifying what, like, what do you have? What is your lifestyle? What what elements of your personality are, you know, kind of getting in the way and also can get you out of the way, get you out of your own way. (laughs) And then, you know, working with that and building confidence. I mean, so much is about confidence. You know, when people ask me, oh, what do you teach at Seneca? I teach at Seneca College. I, you know, I used to say, oh, I do marketing communications and blah, blah, blah. And now it's like, I teach confidence, like confidence skills, because that's what I feel like I, I am really doing. And that yeah, shows up in many line. different ways. Totally. Same with organizing, same with decluttering, same with, you know, life design coaching, same with workshop, like anything really is about, I feel like it's, it's about bringing out what's already there, but for whatever reasons has been buried or, or, you know, there's guilt, there's shame, there's, especially with women and, oh, there's all of that. So I am, I'm on mission to, yeah, to change that. Yeah. Take it out. Yeah. So that's what I would say. Like, there's nothing wrong with you. Not at all. 
Yeah, it can. Sure. Can you be less distracted? Yeah. Can you set up systems that will work? Yeah. Like that's all practical stuff. But, but the, the underlying, you know, like you as a person is, is, is finding, trusting your truth, trusting your intuition. I mean, your body also will tell you, I, I, I wholly, I fully believe that, that sometimes we get so caught up in our heads that we can't even like separate, you know, that from our, like our body and and how we feel, you know, and that's really powerful force. Yeah. I love all of that. And I'm immediately thinking like, if you feel this way, Hey, you know, (laughs) she knows how to do this. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, Uh, it's, it's so, it's such satisfying work for that very reason is because often people will, at least in this, the the kind of, you know, again, the decluttering organizing work, they'll come we Oh, my, my house is a mess, my office, whatever. But really when we get down to it, it's, it's about mindset, right? Like that's the place to start. That is definitely so true. And the other things take care of themselves with some guidance, with some strategy. I mean, I have a very clear strategy. It's five steps. It's, it's, my last name, Tudos technique, like, here we go and let's do it. Mm-hmm. But without that foundational, like you're okay, this is okay. You're going to be okay. It's hard, yeah. you know, it's challenging. It's like the root, getting to the root first and then working outwards, which is super important. I think in this kind of work for sure. Yeah. So I'm curious, this is a question I ask every podcast guest, or I try to, uh, what privileges have allowed you to be able to really follow this path in your life? Mm, such a good question. And I think it's really important that we start. I feel like I'm starting the, to talk mm-hmm. about this. Like it's not something that has come up. And, and so I'm really glad you, you asked that and are um, wondering about that. And I think for myself, I mean, I'm a middle-class Caucasian female who grew up in, you know, Canada, totally safe with all the financial means, you know, to, to be free Uh really. And to choose, I think that's what my privilege has been to have supportive parents who allowed me to follow my path. I mean, when I said I wanted to do gymnastics, like I did all different sports. I was an active kid. I, you know, I did all swimming, did ballet, whatever. And then at a certain point around eight, I was like, no, I just want to do this. I, I, I really like this one thing. And, then, and now can I do it more? And can I go to camp? And can I do this? And can I try out at the club? And like, it was driven by me. Yeah. And I had the privilege of being able to, to follow that path. And yes. so I, uh, I continue, yes. I continue to have the privilege to follow that, the, the path of choice. I think it comes down yeah. to choice. And I think you, you touched on something so important with the choice and the freedom um, and this like, and security and safety and just, you know, the inherent privileges of being white and middle-class and all the other things. But I also think like having family support is something we don't talk about a whole lot on the podcast, but it's, it's a big deal. Um, being able to make your own choices, even as a child, it's not just as you get older, it's not just as you're getting into college, but it's also like the practice of that is really important. So having parents that sort of allow or family that allows you to do that um, is an important part of that process as well. It becomes difficult to do it if you haven't had the practice as a child. So, and I've, you know, I've never made that connection. I mean, just the way you're saying it. I'm like, I, I do think that 
the reason I'm able, I have been able to lead this multi-passionate portfolio life is because yes, exactly. I practiced it at eight years old. Like that was my sort of first opportunity to choose in that way. And my parents who were immigrants to Canada, like they, they did not really know the system or they didn't go to post-secondary. Like there's a different situation. I mean, they were like curious and worldly in their own way. I mean, they met at flight, uh, they met as flight attendants. Like, so they're, they're like, so I get my adventurous spirit from them. I'm, I'm certain of that. But in terms of other ways of like participating in society and Canadian society, like, no, like they just, I think they're amazing that way. They just, okay, yes, sure. Okay. (laughs) You know, without trying their own agenda, they did, you know, I want you to do this. I expect you to do this. I'm really, you know, reliving my thing through you and all of those stories we hear. Oh my God, especially in sports. So, yeah. So thank you for making that connection. I love it. Yeah. Well, that goes back to that coaching, right? I always love to make the connections. I can't help myself. (laughs) I want to know, and I know this is a hard question, so forgive me. (laughs) If you had to choose one favorite book to recommend to our listeners, what would it be and why? Are you kidding? One? (laughs) Just one. Yeah. I mean, so recently as part of my, like, and you know, I wanted to share some of my creative stuff. I I created my hundred most inspiring books. So so on my website, you get get all these great books. So one, I will say this, I am reading, how about, I will uh, highlight the book I'm currently reading because that, that would be a good marker. Um, it's called Creative Acts for Curious People. And just the title alone, I, I don't know that I'd even need to read the book, but it's How to Think, Create, and Lead in Unconventional Ways. And I, I love this book. Uh, it's by Sarah Stein Greenberg. And there are the people at Stanford's IEO program. And that's a really like a think tank, innovators, creatives. And just this idea that like curiosity led lifestyle, I I just, yeah, I'm in it. I'm doing it. And to see these uh, practices, like real interesting, really, really interesting ways to bring that out. uh, It's so inspiring. It's so. I love it. And really, I I jotted it down for myself. I'm definitely going to link in the show notes for everyone who's interested to that and to your blog post, because I think people will want to, to read that as well. So thank you. This is. This has been a really wonderful conversation and I just so appreciate having you on. I feel like I could talk to you for probably three more hours, but (laughs) I want to honor your time. So I'd love to know where can folks connect with you and learn more about what you do? Sure. Oh, the best place is on my website, which is my name, jessicatudos.com. And there's a email sign up on every page. And there's, I have a really fun newsletter. I call it thrive with five and every Now it's monthly. I do monthly and it's five things. Reflect on, read, watch, listen, and do. And it's eclectic and it's drawn from like all these interests and all these different places. So you never know what you're going to get. And that's uh, that's a really fun way to learn more about what I do and how I do it. That's amazing. I so appreciate having you on. I will link to your website in the show notes for the, the listeners as well. And thank you again so much. This was lovely. Oh, it's just a pleasure. I loved... I loved everything about our chat, Stacey. Thanks so much. If you love this podcast, why not share it with your friends, your family, your favorite social media profile, literally everyone you know. (laughs) And take a minute to give me a review wherever you listen. 
I love reading the reviews and sharing is always caring. <laughs>